So, what would you like for breakfast? Welcome to episode number 183 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, got a lot to go through. A lot of the usual insanity going on in the world. A lot of it seems to be tied together with the blame game because everybody wants to blame somebody else for the stuff going on to them, which I mean, I have to say. It's fun to do that every now and then. I was feeling a little bit under the weather the last few days or so, and it started uh, five days after going to my nephew's wedding. So, of course, it's like, well, you know, there's that incubation period. If you were around somebody, maybe picked up a virus, which it could be cold virus, just a normal cold virus, could be COVID, could be allergies, could be nearly anything with the way the symptoms go and it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of this stuff because it started out last week on thursday and the main complaint was it felt like my ears had been filled up with fluid no other real symptoms to speak of but it's a little uncomfortable when you feel like your ears are filled up with fluid It's really weird, too, when you start talking into a microphone and everything sounds like you're underwater, it kind of throws you off. So I did what you would normally do if you felt like your ears were filling up with fluid, and that is pump through the decongestants and the allergy medication, which, of course, both of those have the possible side effects of just knocking you out and making you tired, which I was for a couple of days. But everything appears to have cleared through, which is good. I did take one of the home COVID tests, you know, just to be sure, not that I really thought I was going to be positive, even if it was COVID, because I've learned that from people that have had COVID that have done the tests that usually by the time the tests tell you that you have COVID, you're pretty much recovering from COVID. But I figured, okay, I'll take the test just to see how easy it is just to see if I felt like the average person would be able to do this without screwing it up. And it's not super hard, but it is also not as easy as I would have thought. There's a couple different pouches that come with these tests. And I looked, this was the test provided to me by the United States post office. This is the government thing like, Hey, everybody gets four free tests and they've just upped it to eight. So if you want four more, you can ask for more. And I don't know, I'm assuming there may be different tests being sent out depending on what their current stock is. But the one that I had was made in Korea. So it's better than I've heard that a lot of them are made in China. I don't know if I would trust those. I mean, it didn't say whether it was North Korea or South Korea. I'm assuming South Korea. So maybe the tests work, maybe they don't. As I said, I don't believe that they're going to show you early on that you have COVID, but there were a couple of different pouches. One of them simply has the little swab 
that you have to use. One of them is a little vial of liquid that has a covering on there, you know, a little foil kind of covering. And the instructions are very clear that if you spill even a drop of that fluid, then you should just throw it out and not use the test. Seems like that's maybe a defect in the whole system, but I was able to get the foil off. And then there's a little plastic holder that you put the thing into so that can sit there with the open top, just waiting for somebody to knock it over while you then take the swab and swab each nostril for 15 seconds. Once you do that, then you take the swab, you put it into the little vial, which has the magic juice that comes from the testing kit. And you squeeze the vial and you try to get all the good stuff that just was on that little swab from your nose. You want that to get into the liquid. And then you put a little top on the vial. And then you take four drops of that magical concoction full of the liquid from the testing kit and whatever it was that you had up your nose. And you put four drops of that onto a little test strip. You wait 20 minutes and you see if the little device has a line up here or not. And if there's a line that appears, then they say you got the COVID, no line, no COVID. And I didn't have COVID, which seems legit, especially now that it is all cleared up. So it could have been anything, but you have to be extra special careful now because otherwise you'll spread disease among your family and friends. I mean, if you don't like your family and friends, feel free to go ahead and spread that disease. But feeling better today. Thanks to everybody that had asked. We decided to tap out of this week's Planet Rage, the show I do with Larry Blinder, just mainly because I was so tired that I didn't think it would be a good show. You have to be on your game when dealing with the great Larry Blinder. But Let's get along to what's going on in the world, which is the Russia thing just keeps going. The Ukraine thing, I guess I should say, keeps going and going and going. And every day that goes on, almost as if by script, there are new atrocities that the Russians and Vladimir Putin are being accused of. And we're getting into dangerous territory with this kind of stuff because show me one of these stories that is not sourced by a ukrainian official local officials say ukrainian officials say i have not seen one of these stories of atrocities that is backed up by anybody but the kind government of ukraine who we've already talked about is one of the most corrupt governments in the world. I'm not saying they're not being wronged here. I'm not saying Russian forces aren't inside of Ukraine. But people will start asking that question like, well, why would Ukraine lie about possible atrocities? Well, because they want more weapons, for one. They want to be admitted into the EU or NATO and a lie can go a long way. We've talked about so many stories on this podcast 
where the story that you have got first, the story that the news media picked up on, wound up being completely the wrong story, whether it was the Jesse Smollett thing. Oh, yeah, no, it was a bunch of white supremacist Trump people that were trying to hang a black man. Well, no, seems like it uh, was a hoax that Jesse perpetrated. We talked about stories of high schools where there was anti-African-American graffiti, to put it nicely, on the walls. And then there were investigations, and it turned out they were black students that put the graffiti on the wall. There's a whole lot of reasons why people lie. There's a whole lot of reasons why people do crazy stuff. And I would just warn anybody from believing any news story out of a war zone that is being reported by one of the people involved in the war. Now, back here at home in the United States, we know the Democrats never will let any kind of controversy, they will never let any kind of tragedy go to waste. And they're looking at what's going on in Ukraine. They're looking at what's going on here due to Joe Biden's war on American energy. This has nothing to do with what's going on in Ukraine. Okay, maybe that is oversimplifying. It may have a little teeny bit to do with what's going on over in Ukraine. But here in America, we have inflation at a 40-year high. And Jen Psaki, on behalf of the Biden administration, are now calling this the Putin price hike. They're just straight-faced lying to the American people that what you are paying now at the gas pump, what you are paying for your groceries, they want you to believe, and they think you are dumb enough to believe, as a society, that this is all because of big, bad Vlad over in Russia and has nothing to do with the war on American energy that Joe Biden got into from the moment that he took office. Now, before, just to give you a little bit of a stat here, before the Ukraine invasion started, gasoline per gallon in the United States on average was already up a dollar a gallon. Before the Ukraine invasion even began, since the Ukraine invasion started, another 70 cents. Now, is any part of that 70 cents because of the cutting off of Russian oil? Maybe. Maybe about a dime. But out of that overall $1.70 hike, about 10% of it, maybe, on the high end, related to Putin. But 90% plus is related to Joe Biden's war on American energy. And the White House can say whatever they want, and they do, because the mainstream media will print it and go, oh, bad Putin, bad Putin. But people who study these things, including Jason Furman, who is a Harvard professor and senior fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics, which says to me one thing, he knows more about economics than Joe Biden. Just a guess. 
He knows a little bit more than Jen Psaki. He knows a little bit more than any politician on either side of the aisle. But he says, quote, U.S. inflation remains much, and that is much with an asterisk on both sides. This, I believe, was a Twitter quote. So that is the way to say much. You know, that's the way to scream it without doing all caps because there's an asterisk on each side. U.S. inflation remains much higher than euro area inflation. This is the 12-month change in core HICP, a somewhat comparable measure for the two economies. And there's a graph here. The U.S. has consistently been 4PP higher than Europe. That is a huge, all caps here, difference. So while Joe Biden, well, no, probably not Joe Biden. I don't know if he even knows where he is. He's a little lost right now. If you find him wandering the streets, make sure you send him back to Delaware or Washington, D.C. But the people around Joe Biden know exactly what is going on. But they think you're stupid and you'll believe that the prices you're paying now are because of Vladimir Putin, not because of Joe Biden. Don't listen to the Harvard professor and expert in international economics. No, no. Listen to Jen Psaki when she just says the Putin price hike. I mean, there's a nice little bit of alliteration in there when it's like Putin price hike, Putin price hike, Putin price hike. I mean, they could have made it something even better, like Putin price punch. I mean, you're feeling the Putin price punch. That's what you're feeling because that's all Putin's fault. And we're being really tough on Putin. And Joe Biden is out there fighting for you, believes nobody, believes absolutely nobody. But they've gone even further than blaming Vladimir Putin, which says, you know, they even don't believe that you're going to believe the propaganda that they're putting out there. The Putin price hike, the Putin price punch is really propaganda. It's a Putin price punch propaganda, no doubt about it. But Jen Psaki is now even blaming for the supply chain problems, for the rising prices on gas, the rising prices for everything you're paying for. Not only is she blaming Vladimir Putin, you know who she's blaming? Yeah, Governor Abbott of Texas. Yeah, he's the problem. Yeah, Governor Abbott of Texas. Quoting Jen Psaki, quote, Governor Abbott's unnecessary and redundant inspections of trucks transitioning ports of entry between Texas and Mexico are causing significant disruptions to the food and automobile supply chains, delaying manufacturing, impacting jobs, and raising prices for families in Texas and across the country. <laughs> Does anybody believe that? Anybody? Raise your hand if you believe that Governor Abbott's looking at trucks coming into the United States from Mexico, inspecting those trucks, looking for the illegal drugs that the Biden administration obviously seems to want to come into this country ignoring the fact that there's human trafficking that causes a huge toll and people end up dying when they're shoved into a cargo van or something and brought across the border. No, the Biden administration doesn't care about that. They do not care about dead migrants or about the drugs 
coming over the border. It's absolutely insane that they will blame everybody from Vladimir Putin to Governor Abbott of Texas, but they won't take any responsibility for the policies that Joe Biden put into place the minute he got into office, which we can all see you don't have to be a international economics expert from Harvard to be able to tell what's going on here. This is nothing but lies from the White House. This is nothing but misdirection. And this is nothing but blaming everybody else for the failing Biden policies. It's interesting to me that this comes on the heels of Governor Abbott of Texas now busing illegals from Texas to Washington, D.C. The first bus arrived just the other day that we've heard stories that the federal government was taking a lot of these migrants and flying them or busing them wherever they wanted to go in the United States. Governor Abbott felt he wanted to raise the stakes a little bit. So the new thing for Governor Abbott is get a lot of them on a bus and send them to Washington, D.C. Let Washington, D.C. deal with the problem rather than the nice folks in Texas. If Washington, D.C. wants to hang Texas out to dry, then I think it's only right for Texas to try to, one, defend themselves and volley a shot over to the folks at Washington, D.C. I saw an interview with a guy that worked for 20 years or so for the Border Patrol, and he was just completely befuddled by why the Biden administration would be doing what they're doing and said there is no question that everybody that works for that organization when it comes to the Border Patrol understands that their hands are basically tied now and they are unable to do their job because of the directive from the White House, from Joe Biden, from the Biden administration. And there's very little that they can do. The blame game is not hard to see in this case. The blame game is not hard to see when John Kerry is using what's going on in Ukraine because as a Democrat, you never let anything go without trying to push your policies through, whether they're related to that policy or not. He is a special presidential envoy, John Kerry is. He is the special presidential envoy for climate, and he is pushing the green energy propaganda saying, quote, now is the time to accelerate the transition to an independent and a clean energy future. President Putin cannot control the power of the wind or the sun. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure, John Kerry, that Putin can't control the wind or the sun? He said this at the Our Oceans Conference in the Pacific Island of Palau. Is that how you say that? P-A-L-A-U. And I'm sure he didn't burn any fossil fuels getting to that conference, but it's the blame game. Oh, well, see, Putin's making money because his country has oil and they can sell that. And what, well, if we just got rid of all oil, we'd really stick it to Putin. Yeah. Well, you're sticking it to everybody 
in the United States. You're seeing the United States quickly becoming a third world country where people can't afford the food they need to feed their family. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, John Kerry. If it is not an utter bloodbath for the Democrats when the election rolls around in November, then you really want to be looking at the sanity of the people that live in this country, or you really want to be looking at what is going on with voting suppression and who's really counting the votes. Mark Zuckerberg may be taking a step back, although I doubt it. We've talked about how the Zuckerbucks caused a big change in the last election due to the millions of dollars that were put into the battleground areas, just a few small areas where they needed that little bit of a bump. Zuckerberg says he's out for the next election cycle. Maybe he's worried about doing some time. I don't know. There was also an article about how Gmail, of course, an alphabet company making it harder for any email sent out by Republican candidates to get to your inbox if you have a Gmail account where the emails that were sent out by liberal Democrats, well, those didn't really make it into your spam folder for some reason. All of these little things add up to a big difference when it comes to elections which is why you really have to look at the minutiae and it's hard to point to any one thing, but you need to look at every little thing to know what's going on. Now, I thought it was kind of funny that there was a tweet that was put out by the State Department spokesperson named Ned Price, which was a message put out by Anthony Blinken one of the biggest idiots in the world, that said, quote, the U.S. government continues to support El Salvador in its efforts to reduce the proliferation of gangs. We urge El Salvador to protect its citizens while also upholding civil liberties, including freedom of the press. So that was the tweet by State Department spokesperson Ned Price on behalf of Anthony Blinken. Now, the president of El Salvador, also on Twitter, his name is Naib Bukele, B-U-K-E-L-E. I am horrible with names. But he replied with, quote, and he was quoting, so this is like a double quote. The U.S. government continues to support El Salvador to reduce the proliferation of gangs? Really? Yes, we got support from the U.S. government to fight crime, but that was under the Trump administration. You are only supporting the gangs and their civil liberties now. So the president of El Salvador pointing the finger at the Biden administration, saying that they are now supporting the gangs and their civil liberties. It's the woke world. It's very important to be woke and not have any criminals who you can prosecute because it's wrong to prosecute criminals. You got to let them do what they want to do. It's okay, man. If they think it feels good, you should let them do it. So that was kind of fun to see the president of El Salvador volley back at the Biden administration, who's like, hey, we're supporting the people in El Salvador and trying to get rid of the crime. And the president of El Salvador says, no, Donald Trump was, but Joe Biden's a moron. He's supporting the gangs. And uh, again, you have to ask the question of, do they know what they're doing? And if they do know what they're doing, why are they doing it? Global 
instability. Who wins with global instability? You're seeing that with what's going on in Ukraine, global instability. If you want stability, you want to bring a quick end to what's going on in Ukraine. But that's not what's going on. They are encouraging this fight to continue on. They're sending weapons. They're buying stories being told by Ukraine government officials. Is anybody getting any uh, verification on any of this stuff again? And who wins when all of this comes down to it? You got to ask yourself that question. Now, a question Elon Musk was asking, we talked about Elon on the last show, the fact that he was putting a lot of money into Twitter and they were like, oh, we'll give you up. We'll give you a seat on the board, because if we give you a seat on the board, you can't own more than 15 percent of Twitter. And Elon originally seemed like he was going to take that seat. And now Elon's like, nope, not going to take that seat. And he then posed the question, which is an interesting question. When it comes to somebody who just bought a huge chunk of a company the size of Twitter, and that was, is Twitter dying? And it's an interesting question because he pointed out that the people on the list that were the most followed on Twitter, which I'm still kind of surprised that Barack Obama is the number one followed person on Twitter. I mean, he's not all that exciting. And the question is valid that all of these big celebrities that drove the traffic to Twitter are not really posting much content anymore. And I think there's a variety of reasons for that. One, you are now in the ultra woke world where even saying something that is slightly offensive to any slightly offended group can now get you thrown off. It can cause way more problems than it's worth. The concept that Twitter has been helping free speech. No, it has been helping to kill free speech because of all of the banning, the shadow banning, all of the people that have been kicked off, all of the people who have been put in Twitter jail because they said something wrong. And it's funny when it's like, well, we'll let you post again when you delete that infringing tweet. So, haha, you have to admit you were wrong by deleting. No. Twitter is horrible. And I don't know. I think if Elon can make it die, that would be just as much fun. If he's trying to do a hostile takeover, that could be fun as well. I really don't know if it's going to make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. I really doubt that it will. But social media, as we have talked about over and over again, is something that is an overall negative for a lot of people. Now, if you're not completely insane, you can use it for certain things, but there are people who just cannot handle that kind of communication that can just not handle that kind of invasiveness that you get from social media, or they just get so hooked up on, oh, I have to, I'm going to miss something. It's that fear of missing out that, oh my gosh, if I go to bed, I might miss a post and I'll be not in the know. And then, whoa, I, what am I going to, my friends are going to laugh at me. But there was a, story that is just sad but this goes along the lines of if this mother had been listening to the random thoughts podcast maybe things could have been a little bit different because the story is a mother is suing facebook which also part of instagram they own instagram and snapchat over her son's suicide this comes from a bloomberg report 
It says Facebook and Snapchat being sued over the suicide of a teenager in Wisconsin by the teen's mother and an advocacy group aimed to hold the tech giants responsible for addiction to their social media platforms. And I've done this rant before. I don't think I really need to do the rant again, but this is a lawsuit which is saying, hey, social media, you created a product too good that people just want to keep consuming it and you're at fault for that. Now, the insanity of that is where else can you do this? I mean, it's the same thing as being like, hey, Coca-Cola, your drinks are too sugary and delicious and people just can't stop drinking them. And McDonald's, your burgers are just so good. I mean, they're really not. But people keep eating fast food and they consume it. People keep smoking. They keep consuming that product. And all of them have a negative effect on the health of the person. So I really don't think there is a chance in hell that this lawsuit will be successful. I don't think it can be because you're blaming a company for making their product too good. And there is nothing that is inherently unhealthy about a social media platform. It is all depending upon the mentality of whether people can use it or not. It is very similar to me to the gambling issue. And as a society, we have now embraced gambling everywhere you go especially in the sports world now we want you to be involved and try to come win some money major league baseball continues to push it which i think is crap nascar just the same pushing it every race oh go sign up and be a part of this gambling thing sure you can do some stuff for free but then why not have some fun and put some money into it Gambling is very addictive and it is being embraced and that can actually cost you a lot of money. That can cost you big time where social media addiction, uh, you're going to have to show a huge amount of damage in order to be able to hold these companies responsible. As crappy as I think social media is, I do not believe they should be held responsible for bad parenting. Again, this is, I think, what we're getting here. And I feel sorry that this woman lost her son. The story, this teenager, Christopher James Dolly, he went by CJ, was an honor student planning on going to college, but the young man reportedly became drawn into social media and was regularly communicating on Instagram until the early hours of the morning. CJ's mother, Donna Dolly, filed a lawsuit against the tech giant, stating in her complaint, quote, CJ never showed outward signs of depression or mental injury, but became addicted to defendant social media products, progressively sleep deprived and increasingly obsessed with his body image. Well, here again, ma'am, was the time for you to be a parent. If you know your child is not getting sleep because he's on Instagram until the wee hours of the morning, Take the device away. Turn the internet off. It's not hard to do. I really feel bad this woman lost her son, but this is again a case of somebody trying to put the blame where it does not belong. 
If you have somebody with an addictive disorder, then you avoid gambling. You avoid a lot of things because it can all be bad, but a vast majority of people do not have that issue trying to hold these companies responsible for that while they're crappy companies and social media is a scourge on society. This is a parenting issue. This is not the blame to be put onto the social media giant's feet. They really deserve a lot of blame for a lot of stuff. Not this. According to the lawsuit, which is filed by Donna Dolly again, along with the Seattle based Social Media Victims Law Center, alleges that Facebook purposefully designs algorithms to keep teens addicted to their platforms and promotes excessive use that they know is self-destructive. Well, their whole job is to keep eyeballs. That's the job of CNN. That's the job of Fox News. That is the job of anybody putting media out there is to try to get people to consume as much of it as they possibly can. The lawsuit filing says, quote, neither Meta or Snap warned users or their parents of the addictive and mentally harmful effects that the use of their products was known to cause amongst minor users. Again, this is nothing different than the bullying and the teasing and the interactions that kids had when I was a kid, when my parents were kids. It goes back. This is just a different technology that is being used. And again, if you have kids, have the talk with them. And in the case of this parent, when you saw something going wrong, when you saw your child was sleep deprived and staying up all hours of the night on Instagram, you do something about it. You don't wait until the kid is dead. You do something about it and maybe you avoid the tragic end that this kid had. As long as parents continue to give kids devices to access the internet and give them unfettered access, these stories unfortunately are going to keep rolling in. The solution is an easy one, but too many parents are afraid to do it. Too many parents are clueless. And let's hope that somehow changes moving forward. But let's end on something a little bit more fun than a kid committing suicide. And that would be Chris Wallace now crying about his move from Fox News because, you know, Fox was horrible. Fox was not allowing him to really spread his wings. And he decided to move over to CNN Plus, not even CNN. He was going to CNN's brand new streaming service, which Chris Wallace, I mean, I never took him as an idiot. I mean, I knew politically he was challenged and was a moron, but obviously he was an idiot overall. If you didn't understand that CNN as a whole did not have a huge audience to begin with, that their audience was dying, that their audience was cratering after Donald Trump left office because all they were catering to was the I hate Trump groups. And I mean, that was fun, I'm sure, while it lasted. But Trump was now not in office. Joe Biden coming in. Where were the eyeballs going to be for CNN? Well, he wasn't even getting a job at CNN. He was going to be the guy out in front of the brand new CNN streaming service, CNN Plus. And is it really a plus, the streaming part? 
I mean, that's maybe like CNN Extra or CNN Nobody Really Cares or CNN uh, Please Watch Our Network. I mean, I do streaming. It's easy to do streaming. You don't need to pay a penny to do streaming. There are plenty of services that will allow you to do it if you want to do a live broadcast out there, including things like YouTube. But Chris Wallace got a big contract, I guess, to go over to CNN. And I liked pulling his old quote from when this originally happened, which was, quote, I am thrilled to join CNN Plus. After decades in broadcasting cable news, I am excited to explore the world of streaming. Well, here's the question now. It's only been around for a week or two, this CNN Plus thing, since it's launched. And they have already amassed, get ready for it. Maybe I should first let you know that CNN has invested $300 million into their new streaming service, $300 million. And after a week or two already, they are up to 10,000 daily viewers. Yeah. Yeah, 10,000 daily viewers. I've had podcasts that have had more than uh, 10,000 downloads. So I would say, CNN, your $300 million that you put into launching this service, you didn't do something right. You did not do something right. Chris Wallace allegedly demanding the Cuomo slot that has been left on the real CNN. Sorry, Chris, you weren't hired for the real CNN. You left Fox. Because you were excited and you were thrilled. I'm sorry, not excited. You were thrilled. No, wait, he was excited and thrilled. Looking at his quote, he was thrilled and excited to join CNN Plus. Now he's not so much either excited or thrilled because nobody's watching. People have plenty of choices for where they can get their news. Chris Wallace, I guess, thought people needed yet another choice in CNN Plus. I mean, they weren't watching CNN, but, you know, the problem was that it wasn't streaming, although you could pretty much get all the CNN stuff on your phone or device if you want. But there are so many choices for where you can turn to get your news, to get your breakdown, your pundits to tell you what their take on things going on in the world is, which is why I appreciate everybody for listening to this show. For listening to Planet Rage, the show I do with Larry Bliner, for listening to Unrelenting, the show I do with Sir Gene. There are a lot of choices out there, and I appreciate your time and putting your trust in me. And I hope you get some value out of the shows that we put out. We don't charge a monthly or yearly subscription. We go the value for value route, which we learned from John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry over at the No Agenda podcast, which is the shows come out, they're free. You get to decide if you got any value out of the show. And if so, you put that into a number if you want the shows to continue, because we do rely on your support. And you put that number into our website at randomthoughts.com slash donate. And you can do a one-time or monthly donation via PayPal. You can use a QR code or wallet address if you want to go the crypto route. And you can also use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. They're all very much appreciated. I'm going to give today's executive producer credit to our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, who has donated a bunch. And this one wasn't earmarked specifically for this broadcast, but he sent in 50 bucks. 
with the note hippie birthday Daryl, which is so close, so very close. And I wanted to at least recognize that somewhere and give him credit where credit is due. We appreciate your support, sir. And we appreciate everything that you've been doing out there for the last couple of years where insanity has been totally running rampant without the people getting the goods from point A to point B. We would be in way worse shape than we are right now. So thanks to you and everybody out there doing that job, everybody out there that didn't go hide in their basement for two years, that kept things running, that kept supplies getting from place to place. It is all very much appreciated. With that said, I wanted to leave you with some words from the late, great Gilbert Gottfried a comedian that everybody knows because he worked through so many different mediums from the Aflac duck, which of course he left back in uh, 2011 or so. I think it was due to some stuff he tweeted because Gilbert could get a little, uh, he can get a little racy. Gilbert's comedy could get a little bit blue, but he was a comics comic. And when his family put out the statement of his death, which was due to a ongoing heart issue that he's had for years. They said it was a sad time for them, but they encouraged everybody else to continue laughing as hard as they possibly could in honor of Gilbert. So here is a quick joke, and uh, if any kids are listening, earmuffs. A family is sitting around the breakfast table, a father, a mother, and their two little boys the mother goes up to one of the little boys and goes, so what would you like for breakfast? He goes, I'll have the fucking French toast. <laughs> so she smacks him across the face, starts beating him. Then the father takes off his belt and starts whipping the kid with it. And the mother's slapping him and the father's whipping the kid. And then they send him off crying hysterically to his room. And then the mother goes up to the other little boy and goes, and what would you like for breakfast? And the little boy goes, I sure don't want the fucking French toast. Man, but I like the French toast. The great late Gilbert Gottfried. With all of that said and done, I will be back next week on Wednesday for another episode of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 